بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ is the 11th of June in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we've completed the 7th week the 49th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu And I've started the subsection now in which we're taking a glimpse into his immense knowledge of the glorious book. So in a hadith in Sayyid Bukhari, number 5002, Sayyid Muslim, number 6333, in the chapter on the virtues of the companions, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu, he said, By the one, subhanahu wa ta'ala, whom none has the right to be worshipped but he. There is no verse from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, i.e. which has been revealed, except that I know whom it was revealed for and where it was sent down. Indeed, if I knew there was a place where there was a person who is more knowledgeable of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than me, then I would go to them. So let's look at this. So this is a flawless report in Bukhari and Muslim. So the great Ibn Mas'ud, he swears an oath. Then he said, there is not a single verse of the Quran except I know whom it was revealed for and where it was sent down. So question, how many scholars can answer that? If you ask Alim, do you know about whom Every verse was revealed for and where it was revealed because I know both. And then he said, if I knew there was a place where a person has more knowledge of the Quran than I, I would go to them. Meaning I'm not boasting. Even I'm still eager to learn. In another report, in Sayyid Bukhari, number 5000, Sayyid Muslim, number 6332, in the chapter on the virtues of the companions. Shaqiq, rahmatullah, he similarly related that Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, radiyallahu, وَلَقَدْ عَلِمَا أَصْحَابُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ أَنِّي أَعْلَمُهُمْ بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ The companions of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم, they know that I am the most knowledgeable of them, of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet, I am not the best amongst them. وَلَوْ أَعْلَمُ أَنَّ أَحَدًا أَعْلَمُ مِنِّي لَرَحَلْتُ إِلَيْهِ If I knew that someone was more knowledgeable than myself, I would have traveled to go to him. Shakik added, Rahmatullah, I sat in the circles of the companions of Rasulullah and I never heard anyone refute or criticize him for this statement. Subhanallah. So again, flawless report in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim. So what was the first thing Ibn Masood said? He said, the companions know I am the most knowledgeable of the Quran. <laughs> Think about that. He didn't say, I am one of the most knowledgeable. The companions know I am the most knowledgeable of the Quran. But then he says, but I'm not the best amongst them. <laughs> There's a difference. And then he said, I would travel 
if I knew somebody who had more knowledgeable of the Quran than myself to learn. And Shakik, the sub narrator said, nobody would correct this. So don't even you dare think, because you know what the shaitan put into your head, oh no, but maybe some of the Sahaba would have rebooted him. Shakik was none of the Sahaba rebooted him, meaning he was the most knowledgeable of the Quran. Such was his vast knowledge of the Quran that he would sometimes spend most of a whole day explaining one surah. For instance, in Ibn Jarir in his Tafsir, volume 1, page 27, Masruq Rahmatullah said, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud used to recite a surah before us and then spend most of the day in his interpretation and relating prophetic ahadith about it. So the Lord is. So obviously this was a short surah. So for instance, I don't know which surah he was referring to, but let's say surah Kawthar. He goes, he'd spend all day on it. So be honest. Look how pathetic our connection is to the Quran. Spend five minutes on surah Kawthar. I don't even know if Baha, brother. Right? MashaAllah. He goes, he'd spend most of the day just interpreting it. He goes, relating hadith, giving you the understanding of it. Meaning he was an ocean when he came to the Quran. And similarly, in Sayyid Muslim, number 6330-6331, in the chapter on the virtues of the companions, Abu Ahwas, alayhi, he said, We were in the dwelling of Sayyidina Abu Musa al-Ashari, radiyallahu, with a number of students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu, and they were looking at the Mus'haf to study. So picture this here. Whose dwelling are they in? They're in the dwelling of Abu Musa, Sahab, radiyallahu. And who's in the dwelling? The students of Ibn Masood, not Ibn Masood, the students. And he goes, they were looking at the Quran. <coughs> Abdullah radiallahu, he thereupon stood up. And Abu Masood radiallahu said, Ma a'lamu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, taraka ba'dahu a'lamu bima anzalallahu min hadal qa'im. I do not think that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has left behind anyone who is more knowledgeable of that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed than this one who is now standing. Let's open the report. So in the gathering, Ibn Masood, obviously, he must have entered. And then after a short period of time, he stands up. Another sahaba called Abu Masood, when he sees Ibn Masood stand up, he said, I do not think that there's anybody left amongst the companions who is more knowledgeable than the one who has now stood with regards to the Quran. <laughs> Abu Musa responded, Ama la in dhak, ghibna, wa laho Exactly. He was present when we were absent. He was admitted when we were veiled. So Abu Musa went on to explain something. He goes, you're right. He goes, there's nobody more knowledgeable than him. Why? He was present. We were absent. Then he said, He was admitted. We were veiled. Now what did he mean by that? What he meant was he would enter the dwelling of the Prophet without restriction. Because we didn't have that access. So why do you find it strange? He had the greatest knowledge of the Quran. Subhanallah, it was due to these avalanche of sahih ahadith that Imam Nawawi, 
he had gone on to say, Rahmatullah. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was even more learned and knowledgeable in the glorious Quran than the Khulaf al-Rashidi. This is in Sharh Sahih Muslim, volume 2, page 293. So how shocking is that? Imam Nawawi, he was a Mujtahid Imam of the Shafi school, he was an Oliyah. He said, he's greater in knowledge even than the Khulaf al-Rashidi. His knowledge of the Quran excelled even the four greatest companions of the Prophet So now why is that shocking? How many people know that? And even if you say that, you're thinking, brother, you're getting excited out of your love for the Khilaf al-Rashidi. Say, I'm not saying that, brother. Imam Nawawi said it. And then he goes, yeah, but maybe he made a mistake. And then the response is, well, if you go directly to the Sayyid Hadiths, I don't think he's made a mistake. <laughs> the companions, he Ibn Masood gets up, I'm the most knowledgeable of the Quran. Nobody corrected him. So why didn't any other Sahaba, including the Khilaf al-Rashidin, correct him? <laughs> so this shows that he had excelled here. And this is why he was the first, the Prophet said, go to. What, what did I mention yesterday? Abdullah ibn Amr said, I will always love him. Because he was the first who the Prophet mentioned we should go to for the Quran. So now, keeping all that in mind. Again, it shows the stupidity and the you know, lack of understanding of those who find fault with him in terms of knowledge. Imagine people say, oh no, no, he, he didn't really know. What did he know, brother? You know, somebody goes, you, he knew, he had the greatest knowledge of the Quran amongst the Sahaba. Don't start coming out with, oh, he was weak and fake. The Quran is everything, brother. Quran is everything. He was weak in Hadith. Quran is everything. If he's got the greatest knowledge of the Quran, he doesn't need to then say, I've got the most knowledge in Tasawwuf. I've got the most knowledge in Hadith. I've got the most knowledge in this. Because the Quran is everything. And yet now, people, imagine, no, 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 we don't follow Ibn Masood. You might say, we don't follow the Quran. Let's follow the Bible. Those Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was one of those most fortunate souls who took the most from the glorious banquet of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do I mean by that? Because Ibn Mas'ud himself, he relates that he heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Inna hadal Qur'ana ma'adubatullahi faqbalu min ma'adubatihi mastata'atum. Verily this Qur'an is the banquet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thus take as much as you can from his banquet. <laughs> this is in Hakim in his Mustadrak number 2040. Similar is related in Tabrani in his Kabir, Behaki in his Sunan As-Sagheer, <coughs> Dalimi in his Sunan number 3358, Bazar, Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf number 6017, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf number 30,008, Al-Haythami in Majma' Al-Zawaid, Volume 1, page 129, stated Sahih. Ayat al-Sahaba, Volume 4, page 763 of the New English Translation. So let's look at this. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he goes, I heard Rasulullah say, this is one of the rare hadiths in the race from the Prophet And what did the Prophet say? The Quran is Ma'adubatullah. Ma'adubatullah, what does that mean? It's a banquet. So what does banquet mean? Banquet means somebody's invited you to a feast. Look how pathetic the Muslims are. How many people come for, to study the Quran? Think about that. You tell them there's a scran on, they queue up outside. Allah the last put a scran on. How many people attend? 
How pathetic is that? Right? So they're more interested in the button than the heart. So the Quran is the banquet of Allah. Then what did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? Fakbalu mimmaadubatihi mastata'atum. Take as much as you can from the banquet. So the Prophet is pleading with you. He goes, when you get the invite to the banquet, he goes, go berserk. He goes, don't just say, oh, mommy, start us. Right? You just go, eat and eat, keep eating. He goes, take as much as you can. Why is it called the banquet? Because you relish it. Do we relish the Quran? Or do we drag our feet? Imagine you go to Aslan and somebody's dragging his feet. You'd rebuke him, brother, come on, what are you doing? You haven't got time, you know, we're going to get a front seat, we're going to get, you know, first service. We're gonna... And then you think, oh, no, I'm just going to, you know, brush my teeth. You get, I'm leaving, I'm going. When it comes to the banquet of Allah, yeah, I'll brush my teeth as well. Imam Qurtubi, he commented here, rahmatullah, in his tafsir, in his introduction. The banquet is a metaphor. The Quran is likened to something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for mankind. Thus, they have immense good and numerous benefits in it. He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, once prepared, then invited them to it. Now think about it. How good is a scrum can only be answered when you say who's inviting you to the scrum. So if you get a destitute inviting you, you're not going to expect chops. Right? You know, you just, you know, you still go. You know, you have to go because the hadith mentions it. But if you get somebody who's, you know, miserly, even though he's wealthy, you still expect nothing, you know, you think he's, he's not, you know, you're not going to get much, brother. But if you get a very wealthy person and he's generous, what do you expect to happen? <laughs> and as a human being. <laughs> so imagine if Uthman invites you to, to a banquet, what are you going to expect to get? <laughs> what about the Lord of the, the King of Kings? He's inviting you. Was he going to put scraps? <laughs> he's a papa dog. <laughs> And he's after eight minutes on your way. So what Imam Qurtubi Rahmatullah is saying is, he goes, he will only invite you when he's given you everything you need in terms of your spiritual nutrition. So no, think about that. Ibn Mas'ud, I find it fascinating. The hadith of the banquet is on his authority. You know, people don't mention the Sahaba. Because the Prophet said it. No, but Ibn Mas'ud narrated it. Well, we don't need to know that the Prophet said it. No, yeah, but I've got to tell you, Ibn Masood narrated it. Because why are you stressing Ibn Masood? Because he had the greatest knowledge of the Quran. He's not just going to narrate hadith to you. Imagine if somebody says to you, but Ibn Masood narrated it, but he, he didn't know much of Quran. Then you'd have a problem. Do you honestly believe he's going to pass that knowledge on to you and not take it himself? So this is why, and again, you know, you got to reflect upon the giants. Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, what was he was an Imam? He followed the humbly school. Because of his deep knowledge, he diverged from it slightly sometimes, but that was because of his deep knowledge. He was a master in many of the sciences. You know, he you know he was a he was a muhaddith, he knew hadiths to a very high degree. His fiqh was deep. He gave fatawa, he was an exorcist, he was a mujahid, he was a raqid, he was a, you know, he was a master in many fields. When he was dying, what did he say? I wasted my life. I should have studied the Quran. <laughs> now, what does that tell you? <laughs> this is not a person like me and you. Yeah, yeah, we just barely know the last 10 surahs, right? I'm, I've got a great connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a person who's drenched in Quran and he's saying, I wasted my life. I should have put my energy into the Quran. So, what does that tell people like us? <laughs> what <are> we do? <doing? laughs> 
Where is our connection to the Quran? Imagine. Ramadan. See you next Ramadan. Is that your connection? Astaghfirullah. And then, studying. Forget that, brother. Study. Allah has given you a book of guidance and you're interested in what the message is. And that's leaving aside the spiritual nutrition. People say, my iman's weak. Well, take the supplements, in it. Much of Ibn Mas'ud tafsir was passed on to his three famous students, Qatada, Al-Qama, and Sha'li. So he had many outstanding students. But you'll notice that these three's names come very frequently in Quran. Qatada explains the verse. Al-Qama, Sha'bi. Who did they get it from? Ibn Mas'ud. And who did he get it from? So that's why their names appear. Because why? Because they, they were the students of Ibn Mas'ud. It would not come as any surprise to learn that this most learned man would often be seen encouraging others to recite, memorize and study the glorious book of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is very important because he's in the clouds. Imam Nawawi, he never forgot the layman. He always made sure the layman would benefit from knowledge because sometimes a scholar gets so high up in his knowledge, he goes into an ivory tower. So the layman can't benefit. You understand? So Ibn Mas'ud, was he one of those that because of his tremendous knowledge, he left everybody? No. If you look at these reports, you can see that he came down for this. For instance, in Tabarani, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 7, page 167, stated Sahih, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 762-3 of the New English Translation. It is related. Whenever Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud taught a verse of the Quran to someone, he would say, this verse is better than everything upon which the sun rises and everything upon the surface of the earth. He would then say, this is for every verse of the Quran. It is further related, when people arrived in his dwelling every morning, he would ask them to sit and pass by each one learning the Quran. He would ask them, which verse have you reached? When they informed him, he would teach them the next verse and say, Learn it, for it is better for you than everything between the heavens and the earth. Indeed, for the person to even look at a verse of the Quran written somewhere, even outside the Quran, is still far better than everything between the heavens and the earth. He would then proceed to the next person and tell him the same thing until he had said it to each and every one of them. Subhanallah. <coughs> so let's look at this. So this is recorded in Tabarani. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 7, page 167, stated Sahih. Tayyat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 7623 of the New English Translation. He said some amazing things here. The great Ibrahim Masood, radiyallahu. He would teach a verse to somebody. Now what does that mean? <coughs> does it mean he memorized it? Could mean that. It could mean that he's given him knowledge of that verse. But when he had learnt it, what did he say? This verse is better than everything upon which the sun rises and upon the surface of the earth. Now be honest. What's on the, forget about what the sun rises. What's on the surface of the earth? Gold, diamonds, silver, you know, you name it, all those precious, you know, minerals and metals and money and this and currency and property. He goes, that verse is better than it. He goes, have you understood that? 
No, we don't. If somebody learns a verse, he doesn't no appreciation. He's you even learn put the right learn in. He go carry on. We wait till they finish the Quran, then we do a party. You know, it's, now it's words from a. Hang on a minute. That's not what Ibn Mazud said. One verse. Then he said, this is for every verse. Now, why did he say that? Because you could have thought, oh, Isayatul Qudsi is talking about. Or he's talking about this verse. No, he goes, this is for every verse of the Quran. Then when the people came in the morning, he asked them, where have you reached? They're youngster. So he would say, I've reached this verse. And then he would say, learn the next verse. That's better than everything between the heavens and the earth. In other words, when you learn a verse, realize the value what Allah Ta'ala has given you. Then he said something, and this is very interesting. For a person to even look at a verse of the Quran written somewhere outside the Quran is still better than everything between the heavens and the earth. Now this isn't even learning. So somebody goes to you, you go to somebody's house and he's got a you know, fatiha on the wall and you look at it. MashaAllah. What's that? Somebody says, I've, I've looked at Fatiha, is that bidat? People say bidat, you go, no, don't forget about the Fatiha. You know how rewarding that is? Ten, ten, ten good deeds? Be'aya, brother. Hundred good deeds? Be'aya. Which one would say is better than everything between the heavens and the earth? Then the guy will ask you, I didn't even read it. I don't know, I don't know what the surah is, I just looked at it. That's what Ibn Masood says. And that's not even looking at the Mus'haf, he says. It's outside the Quran. Now people, what they got on their houses, you know, you see, go to their houses. You got, a, you know, you got a river flowing, mashallah. You got trees. Sometimes you get haram there as well, you know. Grandmother passed away, big photo of her there. You think, what the heck is all this? Where's Quran? At least put it on the wall. Right? Then he goes, why should I put it on the wall for brother? It should be in your heart. And the way he's talking, like he's Ibn Masood. Say, brother, look, you haven't got it in your heart. Don't come out with a big one, right? Just put it on the wall, right? Why? Because we need to look at these. these and the, now think about that. How can that be so precious to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Question, what if you look at the Mus'haf? This is outside of the Quran. Then he would tell each and every one the same thing. So now, is he in an ivory tower when it comes to the Quran? No, he's come down. And he's telling them, he goes, look, he goes, he's, he's inspiring them. He goes, understand what Allah Ta'ala is giving to you. He goes, you don't realize what Allah Ta'ala is giving. Subhanallah, if such is the reward for merely casting one's eyes upon a sacred verse on any parchment, then what do you think the incredible rewards would be for those who recite, memorize or study it? Somebody goes, what's the reward for deciding 10 good deeds, 10 good deeds? You'd like to mashallah, brother, that's a beautiful hadith. Anything else? Hmm. You quote the first report, the next minute he goes, oh my God, nobody's mentioned that one, brother. But there you go, in it. I memorized. He goes, oh, you memorized. And then you go, brother, look at the reward. Next minute he's lost it. Studying, that's probably the most important in terms of the virtue and rewards. On another occasion, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said to the masses, frequently, consistently, Reflect upon the Quran. Frequently and consistently reflect upon the Quran. This is in Tabarani. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid 7-165. He comments upon the chain of narrators. So Ibn Masood said, don't be haphazard with the Quran. You get people hot and cold. You know, it's, I'm ready now. Next minute, what's happened, brother? 
Where are you going? Oh, it's football night. It's Sunday, innit? Football, innit? Like, oh, mashallah, football is more important now, is it? Think about that. Frequently, consistently, me make time for the Quran. Don't say I'm like, you know, if I've, got, if I've got time, make time, like, frequently, consistently reflect upon the Quran. He also said, in Ibn Asakir in his tarikh, page 232, let none of you ask about himself except concerning the Quran. If he loves the Quran, then in reality he loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if he hates the Quran, in reality he hates Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. And again, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. Imagine you walk to a person you said, I'm going to say something, but you might get a bit offended with me. Please don't get offended. Is what you're going to say to me. You promise you're not going to bash me. What are you going to say, brother? You have a, you don't love Allah Ta'ala and his messenger. What do you think he's going to do to you? How can you say that about me? Astaghfirullah. You don't know what's in my heart. This, that, brother. Why do you give me? Shall I give you a proof? you got no connection to Quran. Because what's that going to do with it? Ibn Masood said, you hate. If you hate the Quran, you hate Allah Ta'ala and his messenger. Look at these ashiks. Marching, you know, clogging up the roads. Do they really, are they really ashiks? Go to Ibn Masood. What would he say to them? Go oh, study Quran, what's this? Most of you don't even know, you know, three surahs of the Quran. Forget about the last ten. And studying. <laughs> Echoing the words of Rasulullah to finish. What did the Prophet say? Whoever wishes to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messengers, let him read the Mus'haf. Subhanallah. Whoever wished to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, let him read the Mus'haf. This is in Behaki in Shu'abul Iman, number 2219. Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya, 7-209, with a sahih again of transmission. So who's now talking to Rasulullah? The Prophet is telling each and every one of the Muslims, if you wish to love Allah ta'ala and his messenger, have you got a choice? That's not a choice. This is a command. Whoever wishes to love Allah Ta'ala and his messenger, let him read the Mus'haf. People can't even recite the Quran. How old are you, brother? Six day. Can you read Quran? No. What are you doing with your life? Right? And then what it boils down to, they get embarrassed. Why? Because I can't sit with kids. Who t- telling you to sit with kids? Why do you just ask somebody to sit? Say, brother, can you teach me Quran? You know, I need to learn the Quran. Because why is he so interested in the Quran now? Because it's a command. Rasulullah is saying, whoever wishes to love Allah, who are these ashiks? You know, everybody jumping up and down, I'm ashik. You don't even read the Quran, brother. I read Yusuf Ali, that's not Quran. That's English. Those the one who is more connected to the glorious book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a true ashik. A beloved in every sense of the word. If somebody goes to you, who's the ashik in Dhanu? What he's really asking, if you've got any sense, who's got the greatest connection to the Quran? Yeah, I don't know, brother. But I could hazard a guess. And then you start thinking, right, he reads quite a lot. He seems to study the Quran. He's quite... Yeah, it's him. Why you say it's him? <coughs> because he's connected to the Quran. Who are you thinking of? The guy doing marches, organizing marches. Right? So not the Quran. And this is Ibn Mas'ud. So now question. What then of the one who had the greatest knowledge of the Quran? How close was he to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger? This was the great Ibn Mas'ud. So I want to mention again today, 
was again showing his connection to the glorious Quran, his immense knowledge of the glorious book, and some of the relevant reports which we need to seriously <coughs> reflect on. Are there any questions? Subhanallah, we have these one galahoma, we have the guys to lie like Ilan, the stuff of the Kadu, Beleko, the Bulam, which is the Jibs, Hanna, Rabbika, Isaac, and Maisifun, Salam, and Lamusari, Muhammad, and Bulamin, Salam, and Marim, and Asa, and Sandafi Husser, Ladina Amu, Amulusul Hat, who was Pak, who was Sabbath, Sadakum.